This is your source for Louisiana Tech sports news. For the next 90 minutes, Bleed Tech Blue Radio goes deep inside football, basketball, and recruiting. Tonight's show on Sports Talk 97.7 is also brought to you by Courtesy Automotive Group, Walpole Tire, Brister's Smokehouse Barbecue, Dairy Queen, and Bienville Motors. Text us at 888-993-7762. Here's your host, Ben Carlisle. Bleed Tech Blue Radio, BC. John Tabor, Sports Talk 97.7. Bye week back. Uh, he's on a bye week. Shockingly enough, uh, we got this show. We got two more shows, February 2nd, February 9th. Uh, Beck has uh, begun the process of uh, starting to renegotiate his contract. And uh, as sorry as it may sound uh, for him. Who's the owner and who's the players union here? Uh, he's the players union and he's having trouble at the negotiating table. You, lock, you locked him out. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that's putting it nicely. He will uh, be sitting at the negotiating table uh, by his lonesome until he decides to return. So, of course, you can get us hotline or text line, 888 Got a big show planned for you on this Tuesday evening. Coming up in the next segment, Matthew Bartlett with At The Roost will join us. Uh, Matthew, of course, covers the Rice Owls. Louisiana Tech getting set to host Rice on the hardwood Thursday night. That's a 6.30 p.m. tip-off inside the Thomas Assembly Center on ESPN+. Plus, uh, Immediately following Matthew at around 623, maybe 625, John Fields with the North Texas Mean Green 247 site will join us to preview uh, the North Texas basketball team as Tech will host them on Saturday. That's a 3 p.m. tip-off on Stadium. Coming up at 630, Kane McGuire, Tech Basketball SID will join us. Of course, the Duncan Dogs fell 83-76 on Saturday against a very good UAB team in front of a crowd of 4,100. I thought it was one of the better environments uh, that we've seen in quite some time inside the Thomas Assembly Center. Uh, excited to have Kane on for the first time this year. Uh, to not only talk about that, but to talk about Louisiana Tech's 15-4 and start, 6-1 and in conference USA play. Uh, then at 7 o'clock, Jake Brown, Louisiana Tech co-offensive coordinator, uh, receivers coach, will join us. We'll discuss um, his new job at Louisiana Tech, his uh, rise through the ranks in the coaching world. Uh, Little-known fact about Jake Brown, uh, he coached high school football in the state of Texas before entering the collegiate ranks. Uh, but during his high school days, he actually coached Miles Garrett and the great Baker Mayfield. So interested to get his thoughts on both Garrett and Mayfield. Could, could he see the talent? I would imagine you could with Miles Garrett. But, of course, the story of Baker Mayfield being a walk-on before uh, kind of progressing his way through the college ranks on his way to becoming the number one overall pick. Uh, excited to get Brown's thoughts on that as well. Uh, looking at the previous week in Louisiana Tech athletics, uh, Mitchell, Louisiana Tech falls 83-76 to UAB on Saturday afternoon. First loss in conference play for Eric Conkle's squad. Um, 
I mentioned it was a great environment. Louisiana Tech started slow. Coach Cockle told us today there in the press conference he felt like the guys were a little amped up. I think Tech turned the ball over uh, first four possessions of the game, fell behind 15-2 to early, uh, unable to ultimately overcome that deficit. I know Tech took one lead uh, about seven minutes into the second half, but UAB prevails uh, Jordan Jelly Walker for UAB was just phenomenal. Uh, 5'11 guard scores 36 points. I believe that tied a Thomas Assembly Center record with those 36 points. It just felt like every time Louisiana Tech made a run, Walker had an answer. He finished 9 of 18 from the field. Uh, nine, all nine of his field goals came from three-point range. Uh, these weren't open shots for much of the night. They were contested shots. Uh, there were some that were four, six feet behind uh, the three-point line, but he had an answer all night long. Also went nine of ten at the free throw line and was named Conference USA Player of the Week for his efforts. Uh, so now you look at the top of the West Division. UAB at six and one. Their lone defeat came at Rice, which Louisiana Tech will host Thursday. Bulldogs six and one. North Texas also six and one. Their lone loss came to UAB at home about three weeks ago. So uh, kind of a long jam at the top. Seven games into this conference slate. I uh, believe we have eleven games to go. So uh, as these three teams look to continue jockeying for position. As we get set for the Conference USA tournament in Frisco come March, um, it's very, very important to to get that number one seed, and all three of these teams are definitely in contention at this point. Uh, looking on the Lady Texter side of things, Brookstore squad picked up a big 58-52 win at UAB Saturday afternoon. UAB, uh, the ladies, were number one in the West Division prior to that game. Uh, Brooks Store squad was able to overcome some adversity. Brooke mentioned the physicality in that game throughout. Um, you know, three lady texters scored double figures. It, it was good for her young team to kind of pick up a big road win before they continue their road slate at Rice at North Texas. I know Rice is 0 and 5 in the league, uh, but that's a team that's won the conference the past two years. Uh, so lady texters are back into the thick of things in the conference race. Shifting to the football side, a big week on the recruiting front for Sonny Cumbie and his Louisiana Tech staff. Pick up three commitments. John Locke, a four, 230-pound tight end out of the San Antonio area. Locke finished his senior year with 41 catches, had 1,450 yards, 12 touchdowns. Uh, he visited the Bulldogs two weeks ago before committing this past week, uh, I think when you look at Louisiana Tech going forward on the offensive side of the ball, uh, the tight end position will be a position uh, that is much more prevalent in Cumbie's offense than we might have seen in the past or the past nine years under Skip Holtz. Uh, looking at two other commitments for the Bulldogs, they come from the junior college ranks. Elijah Bowser, six foot six, three hundred thirty-four pound offensive tackle from Navarro Junior College. Uh, you look at the connection for Bowser. He played at Navarro for the opposite of Jake Brown, the other co-offensive coordinator, Scott Parr. Uh, Bowser will be here for the spring looking to make an immediate contribution on Louisiana Tech's offensive line. And then finally, 
Joe Tyasi, a junior college offensive lineman from New Mexico Military Institute. Tyasi is actually a native of Melbourne, Australia. Uh, he visited this past weekend as well. Tyasi, four years, has a redshirt available to play his three years of eligibility. Uh, so good to get him on board as well. Looking at Louisiana Tech's recruiting classes, we are just eight days away from signing day. 72nd rate class nationally, I believe it's number three in conference USA. This would be the Bulldogs' highest ranked recruiting class, or second highest ranked recruiting class in the Rivals era. Uh, if Sonny Cumbie can close this thing out. Uh, looking at some of the NFL action this past weekend, actually got a late addition to the show coming up at 645. We will have former Louisiana Tech receiver, current Cincinnati Bengals receiver, Trent Taylor will join us. Uh, excited to get Trent on as they get set for an AFC championship matchup with Legereus Sneed and the Kansas City Chiefs. So, uh, just got the message from Trent. Uh, excited to get him on. It's been a couple years uh, as he um, is hanging on in the NFL. Of course, the starting punt returner for the Bengals uh, looking to make, and he's doing a good job at it. If you're returning punts in the conference championship, I say you're well. He averaged 13 yards of return against the Raiders a couple weeks ago. That's how you keep your job next year. Now, I, I'm interested to get his thoughts on Joe Burrow. We, we've talked a lot about Burrow, and we joke with Beck about his love for Joe Burrow. But there's no d- denying that Joe Burrow is an elite leader. I don't see any uh, any reason why he can't take that WR4 slot spot exactly. punt returner and make a career out of it. Absolutely. And that's what I'm excited to talk with Trent about here uh, coming up in about 35 minutes. Uh, looking on the NFC side of things, of course, the Los Angeles Rams knock off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the San Francisco 49ers defeat the Green Bay Packers as those two teams, the 49ers and the Rams, will square off in L.A. I believe that's the late game on Sunday out in L.A. Of course, Jimmy G., I was listening to the Dan Patrick show the other day. He's like a cat with nine lives. You, you try to put him away, but you look up and here Jimmy G is in another conference championship looking to get to the second Super Bowl of his starting quarterback career for the 49ers. Uh, so uh, you look at the remaining Bulldogs in the NFL playoffs, Trent Taylor for Cincinnati, Legereus Sneed for the Chiefs. One of those two players will be heading to a Super Bowl here in a few weeks. I believe that Super Bowl will be played out at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Taves, let's go ahead, take our first time out. When we come back from the break, Matthew Bartlett at the Roost will join us as we preview Louisiana Tech and Rice. On the hardwood, you're listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio, Sports Talk 97.7. Hey, DQ fans, ring in the new year with a new fave, the Oreo Mocha Fudge Blizzard Treat. It's got chunks of Oreo cookie goodness, fudge pieces, and just the right amount of mocha all blended into DQ's world-famous soft serve. Looks like your morning coffee just got a whole lot tastier. Grab the Oreo Mocha Fudge Blizzard Treat today, only at DQ. Happy tastes good. 
This is Jason Walker with Louisiana National Bank. No matter if you're buying your starter home or your forever home, Louisiana National Bank can take care of all of your home buying needs. Our rates and closing costs are competitive with not only your home team bank, but also those big online lenders. We have an amazing product portfolio, which means more ways to get you in your dream home, including low and no down payment options for qualified customers and properties. Conveniently apply online at ln.bank. L for Louisiana, N for national.bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Hey, Bulldog fans, this is Mark Richardson with BMW Motors in Arcadia. Are you looking for the lowest possible price for a used car or truck? My fellow Bulldog and partner Jeff Robinson has been out scouring area dealerships looking for the best possible deals. When he finds them, we bring them to BMW Motors in Arcadia and pass on those deals to you. Come check us out in Arcadia, and when you do, you'll be able to say, I know I got the best deal. Go, dogs. BMW Motors in Arcadia. We're kicking the door down to start 2022 with the return of Delta Fighting Championships DFC2, Saturday, January 29th, inside the Monroe Civic Center. Three pro fights on the card, plus an amateur title fight. And the main event features the return of Northeast Louisiana's own Dylan Fraley. Doors open at 7, fights start at 8. For ticket information, stop by the Monroe Civic Center or check out deltafighting.com. That's DFC2, Saturday, January 29th, inside the Monroe Civic Center. You gotta love it. Tech sports, that is. That's why there's Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by Louisiana National Bank. Call or text the show at 888-993-7762. Welcome back, Bleed Tech Blue Radio, BC, John Tabor, Sports Talk 97.7. Let's go right to the hotline. We got Matthew Bartlett with At The Roost covering the Rice Owls. Matthew, how we doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks as always for having me on. Absolutely. So let, let's talk a little bit about this Rice basketball team. Obviously, uh, eleven and seven overall, four and three in conference USA play. Uh, you look at some of the wins that this team has. Of course, uh, early season non-conference play, a big win over Pepperdine. Uh, won a wild shootout. I believe it's a triple overtime game with Evansville. And they got some impressive wins within the conference against Middle Tennessee. Uh, UAB go on the road, beat Marshall. Uh, I guess overall, your thoughts on the Rice team to this point in the year? Well, I guess this is a team that, you know, you always hear about those programs that are building and are going to take the next step. This was a year that the next step was, was supposed to be taken. Last year they won two games in the conference tournament for the first time in more than a decade. So this year, the goal was to be a team that, you know, by mid-season would be in position to be contending for a bye um, if they can get up that far. And right now, right in the, the middle of the conference standings, you mentioned the, the win at UAB. Um, the one, one they had at home against Old Dominion shut them out the final seven or six minutes and 40 seconds of regulation, a 16-0 run to slam the door. It's starting to just feel like a very mature team that has an identity. It's pretty exciting. And, and, you know, you look at Scott Perrin. You mentioned building this team. I think you look across the roster, uh, Pierre, Evie, Mullins, Olivare, Fiedler, uh, Sheffield, some of these guys, it feels like they've been in the program for quite some time. And it feels like in an era where the transfer portal uh, can really diminish your roster in a hurry, it feels like Para has built this roster. And I know he's done it through the transfer portal, but guys are bought into what he's preaching. 
Yeah, he had a mass exodus, uh, I guess the end of the 2018-2019 season, where he had to refill, I think, eight of the 15 roster spots. Uh, had five guys graduate, had, had three more big guys transfer, with, basically with reloading. And so he's, he's kind of attacked the portal in a different way and brought in guys that have stuck and have been here, you know, through through COVID and everything else going on. So if you're not committed now, when will you be, right? So, uh, yeah, he's got a, a good core and everybody's together. And I want to talk about one of the newcomers, Carl Pierre. He's the leading scorer, 15.4 points per game per game, but the thing that jumps jumps out to me, shooting 45% from three-point range. Yeah, transfer from UMass coming in, they were pretty excited about him, and he was a he was a 45% shooter at UMass, and so the hope was that you could just plug and play, and that the spot he plays in the right offense gets a lot of open looks, and good shooters hit open shots. So he tied the, the program record with eight threes, uh, last week, and then his uh, his next game out, he hit seven. So he's he's been on fire, and it makes a pretty good weapon when you have, uh, you know, him. You mentioned Oliver, Travis Evie. They got a couple guys who were pretty pretty lethal from three. And, and you look at Pierre and the contributions that he's made. You mentioned Olivari. He was a guy that averaged over sixteen points a game. A, a bigger physical type guard. Uh, I see he's only scored nine points a game. Has his been his? His reduction in points scored been due to Pierre becoming more of a focal point offensively? I think it's part of that. He had a, a wrist injury that happened uh, right at the beginning of the season. So I, I think going into the second game, he was he was basically hampered. So he's kind of been working to get back. You know, it's hard to shoot a basketball with a, a bum wrist. So that's been probably his biggest reduction in minutes has been just trying to get back to normal. He's kind of been coming on slowly over the past couple weeks and the, the hope is by the time we get to you know February going into March he's 100 percent they got everybody ready and coach Conkle mentioned today during his press conference how good Rice is offensively um, some of the different things they do to free up open shooters whether it's getting into the lane for kickouts uh, but I thought one thing that really stood out to me Fiedler the big guy not the most gifted player offensively uh, but a good rebound rebounder, but more importantly on the offensive end, an excellent screener and an excellent passer. Yeah, I think he's kind of underappreciated because, you know, when you when you look at a box score, he might not always show up, but the impact he has on the game is significant. And Rice has really gotten a lot of good minutes from him and the other big guy, Mligel Petit, a uh, redshirt freshman that's come along and kind of eaten to some of Fielder's time. Between the two of them, you'll probably see one of the two on the court at most times, and they both very gifted on both sides of the ball. Uh, and can do a lot on the glass, too, and that's been something that has been a, a, another growth point for this team. And you look at this week for Rice, obviously traveled to Louisiana Tech Thursday night uh, before a Saturday afternoon tip-off uh, at Southern Miss. Both those games, of course, will be on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, the measuring stick. Rice is 4-3 and three in the league. We mentioned they beat the league favorite in UAB. How big is this road trip for them? Uh, I would imagine they'll be favored, of course, over Southern Miss. But a Louisiana Tech team that, let's be honest, they took care of Rice uh, pretty easily a season ago. How much are they looking to come in and avenge some of those losses and prove that they're one of the upper echelon teams, uh, if not in the West Division, but the conference as a whole? Well, I think it's interesting because you look at the first conference game they played against North Texas on, on, on New Year's Day. That was the right when they first come back. Uh, the majority of the program had gotten COVID and they hadn't been able to practice. And so they were all out of sorts. 
when they played North Texas to open up the conference season. Uh, apart from that game, uh, had a second half get away from them at Western Kentucky, but the rest of their games have been competitive and they've been close and, and have uh, won the majority of them. So I think the Louisiana Tech game is interesting because Rice is really as, as close to full strength as it's been this year. So it's on the road. Louisiana Tech is just as good of a team at, at UAB. I, I mean, I know there was a close one this past weekend, but it's going to be a good one. And I think it's interesting. It's not one that, that Rice necessarily has to win on the road, but it would be pretty good to, to see a, a level of competition from them to be in it down to the, you know, the final couple shots uh, to kind of feel like they are right on track because that's kind of how it feels so far. Keys to the game for Rice if they're going to knock off Louisiana Tech Thursday night. I mean, it's defense, and that you mentioned the Pepperdine win up in the top, and I think that kind of was my first indicator that this might be a different team under Scott Parra. They're going to lead the league in threes and three-point shooting. Uh, that's always going to be a thing, but, you know, when your threes aren't falling, you have to be able to stop somebody, uh, and that's been the difference. I mentioned a 16 nothing run to close out a game against uh, Old Dominion. That, that's just a different level of defense than we've seen from this team. So Rice is going to get their shots. They're going to shoot their threes. They'd like to make most of them. Um, but you got to make sure that you are able to hold your own um, against, especially some of the role players at, at Tech, if uh, <laughs> the big man's going to get his. Matthew, tremendous stuff. If any of our listeners want to follow some of your work online, I know that uh, you're obviously the expert uh, for all things Rice Owls Athletics. Where can they find that at? Yeah, absolutely. You can go at the roost.com and it's at the roost on all your social media platforms as well. We do a little bit of dabbling in conference USA for, I guess, as long as we're, uh, conference makers <laughs> yes. with everybody at Louisiana Tech. Uh, but yeah, it's always been a pleasure to be on the show and, you know, uh, good luck this weekend, but not too much. Absolutely, man. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Good night. Matthew Bartlett joining us on here, or right here on Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Of course, Rice, Louisiana Tech getting set for a 6.30 p.m. tip-off on Thursday evening. Uh, mentioned Louisiana Tech Rice from a season ago. Both those games were played in Ruston. Uh, Bulldogs picked up a 101-57 win and a 79-58 win over Rice last year. So the Rice Owls will be looking to avenge two of those losses. One of the better offensive teams in the league uh, that Louisiana Tech will be facing as they uh, get set really to try to get things back going after that loss to UAB on Saturday, uh, which was the Bulldogs' first conference loss uh, and really first home loss in 19 games. Let's jump right back. To the hotline, John Fields with Mean Green 247 joins us. John, thanks for taking some time to join us tonight. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate the time to get to talk a little CUSA basketball and some of the better teams in the league. Yeah, yeah no doubt about it. You mentioned two of the better teams in the league, North Texas 13-4, and 6-1 and one in the league. Obviously, uh, had that one early conference loss at home, like Louisiana Tech. Uh, both Louisiana Tech and North Texas have lost at home to UAB, but have since rebounded with five consecutive wins. Um, I'm interested to get your take. Is, ju- is this just a Grant McCaslin, it's not the most impressive offensive team, but they will just grind you out on the defensive end uh, just like they did a season ago. Is that what this team is made up of? 
It really is. I would say it's a lot of just a typical Grant McCaslin team. They defend you well, control the tempo. You know, they play at obviously a slower pace than most teams in the country, which you'd expect now from a McCaslin team. Uh, I'd say sort of the one difference, obviously, with no Javion Hamlet is on the offensive side, they go to a lot more different guys. They get, obviously, the big guy, Abu Usman, involved more. Um, Thomas Bell is playing a bigger part on the offensive side. Obviously, Tyler Perry. So they go to a lot more different guys on the offensive side than they used to. Uh, it, I mean, they still had some options on the offensive side, but Javion Hamlet was definitely more of a focal point, and this year there's not necessarily that kind of a guy. You mentioned Usman. I, I wanted to get to him. From 2021 to where we are, 2021-2022, 17 games into this thing for North Texas, I don't know if you'll agree with me, but he looks like a completely different player, both offensively, defensively, uh, really conditioning-wise as well, and has really emerged into one of the better big men in Conference USA. No, I, I tend to agree with you on that. It's been crazy to see the leaps that he's been able to make from coming off the bench behind Zach Simmons last season to now obviously being in the starting lineup and playing a key role for North Texas. I mean, they like to go to him early in games and get him going early down low, and it seems to sort of open up the rest of the offense for them. And then, yeah, on the defensive side, he's really kind of a special player for a big guy in that he can really move well. His feet uh, are really good on that side, so he doesn't get beat too much uh, by guards going to the basket or that kind of thing. So just a really solid big man, and I'd agree with you. He's right up there with some of the best in Conference USA at this point, which is really impressive for a guy who's only in his second year in college. Tyler Perry, junior college transfer. I know he was a guy that Louisiana Tech, Eric Conkle, recruited as well. He, he comes off the bench. He's essentially a starter, uh, playing nearly 30 minutes a night, leading this team in scoring, averaging over 14 points a game, shooting 47% from three-point range. Just talk about his importance on the offensive end for North Texas. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think you can overstate it too much, really. He is you know, if there's a go-to guy on this team, he's certainly that. Uh, he's really one of the only consistent free-throw shooters on the team as well, which makes him key down the stretch. But just his ability to hit crazy, difficult shots and kind of bail this offense out at times, as you've said, it's more of a defense-focused team. The offense doesn't necessarily uh, get the best shots. I mean, they always work to get a good shot, but there's definitely times where the offense gets a bit stagnant and Tyler Perry, to his credit, has been able to bail them out on some of those possessions and hit some really difficult shots to keep the offense going. One thing I did want to mention on him is he did have an injury in the first half um, of the last game against Old Dominion. Doesn't appear to be anything too serious, but he didn't play the rest of that second half and um, hasn't really been a full go in practice recently. So it's something to watch, you know, moving forward. But from talking with the coaching staff, it sounds like nothing too serious with him and he should be back you know if not for that southern miss game i'd assume he's definitely back for louisiana tech north texas and louisiana tech you look at these games that these two teams have played over the years it, you know you go back to the conference tournament a season ago uh north texas kind of grinded out that game 54 48 uh these games are always always close it feels like McCaslin, and Conkle, two X's and O's guys. They they know what their teams do well, uh, both offensively and defensively. It's a little bit of a chess match for 40 minutes. From North Texas's point of view, if they're going to come to Ruston, and listen, they've won inside the Thomas Assembly Center in recent years. What must they do on Saturday afternoon? Well, I think the key is just really doing well what they do well, which is, the defensive side of the ball, they're going to have to be on it from the jump. I mean, 
Obviously, Kenneth Lofton Jr. is a guy who I've been really impressed with the growth that we've seen out of him in his second season. So just being able to limit him as much as they can, not let guys like Archibald and those guys get going as they've shown once they get hot, they can really light it up from the field. So I think it's always going to start on the defensive side, but then it's going to be about as well. You know, if Tyler Perry's not up to 100%, which he may not be, it's going to be about whether they can find enough offense to get over the hump. So, I mean, it's going to start on defense, but to me, when North Texas shoots the ball well this year, which they've shot 42.2% from three uh, in conference play, which is a good uptick uh, from where they were in non-conference, yeah. if they can shoot the ball well like that, they're going to be hard for a lot of teams to beat. Great stuff, John. If any of our listeners want to follow some of the work you do online, I know you guys uh, cover the Mean Green as well as anyone. Where can they find that at? Yeah, so they can follow us on Twitter at Mean Green 247. We've got the links to the website uh, and then to our own Twitter pages as well. I'm on Twitter at Johnfield Zero. And, uh, yeah, put out plenty of content all the time, do a podcast pretty much once a week as well. So, uh, yeah. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. John Fields. Mean Green 247 joining us tonight on Bleed Tech Blue Radio. And you look at this Mean Green team, and John mentioned 42% from three-point range in conference play. Uh, you look at pace of play statistics, they're 356 out of 358. Uh, not looking to get up and down the floor at a high rate. They'll use a lot of shot clock. But that's who Grant McCaslin is. This is a team that won an NCAA tournament game a season ago when they knocked off Matt Painter and Purdue. Obviously, Javion Hamlet isn't back, and that kind of loses some of their offensive firepower. But Tyler Perry's really good. Thomas Bell, uh, sixth-year senior, having a really good year as a stretch four. Uh, if we know anything about Louisiana Tech and North Texas, it's going to be a hotly contested game Saturday afternoon. It's going to be a slugfest. It's going to be a physical battle on both ends of the floor. I want to thank both Matthew Bartlett and John Fields for joining us tonight on Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Let's go ahead and take our next time out. We come back. Louisiana Tech Basketball SID. Kane McGuire will join us. Be back right after this. Welcome to the Courtesy Automotive Family, where you'll find seven of the leading brands, Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram. Two pre-owned lots, local qualified service departments you can rely on. You can shop 24-7 online at buycourtesy.com for all seven brands plus pre-owns. Welcome to the Courtesy Automotive Family, Ruston. Louisiana National Bank is your community bank. Whether you are a small business owner or a parent helping your child open their first savings account, we look forward to working together to help you achieve your dreams. We are committed to delivering on our long-term promise, making each interaction with you more exceptional than any you have ever experienced through the convenient delivery of personal and business banking products. Ready to experience uncommon banking? Visit with our friendly staff at one of our convenient local locations or visit us online at ln.bank. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Walpole Tire and Service loves supporting La Tech football. And if you're going on a road trip to follow the dogs, they want you to get there safely. Count on the pros at Walpole Tire to keep your car in the game. From the largest selection of name brand tires in the area to expert ASE certified service, including brakes, tires, and front end repairs. Your home team for over 60 years. Walpole Tire and Service. Ruston and West Monroe. 
visit WalpoleTire.com. Wake up. Did you know? Wake up and hear what you've been missing. It's the Nick Brown Show. Saturday mornings, 8 to 10 a.m. on 97.7. Follow Nick on Twitter, Facebook, and listen online. Wake up. Join us this Saturday. It's the Nick Brown Show, 8 to 10 a.m. Saturdays on 97.7. Want to find stuff out about tech sports your neighbor doesn't know? Keep it right here on Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Brought to you by Louisiana National Bank. Call or text the show at 888-993-7762. Bleed Tech Blue Radio, VC. John Taylor, let's go right back to the hotline. Louisiana Tech basketball SID. Kane McGuire joins us. Kane, how are we doing tonight? Doing well, Ben. Yourself? I'm doing well. I'm going to put you on the spot. we got Trent Taylor coming up in the next segment. <laughs> no pressure, right? No pressure. But Thanks for that. Do you remember your favorite Trent Taylor, Louisiana Tech game? Ooh. You had some big gosh. ones. Um, that's a good one. I mean, the ones that first come to my head, I didn't, I didn't actually get to see in person. Uh, you know, I think back to, you know, the Navy game mm-hmm. and Armed Forces Bowl. That's the one that came um, to my mind. He had the uh, he had the big touchdown I think right before halftime um, that helped us and of course you know I still have the memory of him celebrating so hard uh, <laughs> after Barnes uh, hit the game winning field goal and just how much it meant uh, to him and to the team but man that was that was some fun football to watch with him and Carlos Henderson uh, just incredible football and hopefully uh, Mr. Sonny Cumbie can bring it back no no doubt about it so let, let's get into this Louisiana Tech team obviously fifteen and four. 6-1 and one in Conference USA play. Tough loss on Saturday to UAB, 83-76. But first, I want to talk about the environment. It feels like it's been a few years since the attack's been rocking like it was Saturday afternoon. Yeah, uh, it was It was great to see. It was great to hear, um, obviously. Uh, a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of gratitude goes out to our, our brand engagement people and, uh, and even our, our basketball staff and players. I mean, they were on campus. Uh, quite a bit last week, um, promoting themselves and and trying to to, to get our story uh, out there to the masses, and um, and and they're more than willing to do so. Um, this, this program has always been one of the people. Um, you you go back to you know the Kaiser, Appleby, Hamilton, Speedy days, and 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 they were they were of the people, and I think that's how they built um, to tack to to what it was, and um, you know. For whatever reason, you know, you know, things ebb and flow, uh, just like everything else in life. But um, I think with the, the popularity of Junior and Amari and Zay and, and some of these other guys that we have, um, the longevity and the, and the winning um, that Coach Conkle has has continued, um, I think it's all certainly helped. And um, it was a great atmosphere. There's over a thousand students there. Uh, that was the first time in about three or four years. So. Um, incredible. Um, certainly need them to come back on Thursday and Saturday for sure. Coach Conkle talks a lot about the the buy-in of this team and the the process of getting better day by day by day. And sometimes we, we talk Kenneth Lofton Jr. and we talk 
you know, a Kobe Williams, guys that feel like they've been here a while. But this roster has a lot of young players on it. Talk a little bit about the camaraderie that this team has, not only within itself, but the buy-in as well with the coaching staff into buying into believing what they're preaching on a daily basis. Oh, it's it's incredible to see uh, Ben, especially behind the scenes. As much as I get to uh, to be with the team, um, especially on, on road trips and, and airports, and um, eating dinners and, and watching film with them, and and just being able to hang out with them um, outside of of them being on the court, which is the the only place that most people uh, get to see them in person. But it's a great group of guys, and, and I don't I don't say that just to say it. Um, they get along so well. Um, that locker room is so tight. Um, the chemistry on this team is so strong, and I think that's that's certainly going to has helped us, you know, to put us in the position where we are now at fifteen and four and six and one in the league, and and even so uh, moving forward throughout this season. And and it's been building over time, you know. And Coach Conville talks about it. You hear it, Ben. Um, how these guys are staying four and five years. Like people just aren't doing that anymore. Um, and here we are with two, you know, five year players and on our team. And you go back to, you know, Derek Jean, fifth year player and, and others who, who stayed all four years like Day Day and Oliver Powell. And, um, it's just a, an incredible uh, culture and an incredible buy in uh, for the players that have come through this program recently. And, and you mentioned earlier about. Speedy Smith and the, the way that the tack was rocking in those days, and we're obviously all aware of his unselfishness. Kenneth Lofton Jr. is averaging 16.9 points, nearly 11 rebounds a game. Uh, but he's also one of the most unselfish players on the team. I think he's become uh, a better and better passer throughout the year. But when you see Lofton show emotion on the court, to me, it almost feels like his emotion, or his, when he is frustrated, it comes off great passes where his teammates might not succeed more than it does when he's not getting his points and rebounds. Talk about the importance of having your best player also be one of your most unselfish players when it comes to having a team that's off to a 15-4 and four start that's competing for one of the top spots within the conference. Well, I mean, I, I think it's crucial. Um, you know, we talked about the, the bond of the team and, and the chemistry of it. I don't think you have that if, uh, you know, your, your quote unquote star player is out there just trying to get his. You know what I mean? Um, it's a team sport and, and junior will be the first one, um, off the bench celebrating and yelling and screaming, um, when someone else succeeds on this team. He could easily go out there and, and try and get his 20 and 10. Um, get his double double, get his numbers, still at the stat sheet just for his own purpose. But that's that's not who he is. He wants to win first and foremost, um, and that is by whatever means necessary. And if that is him needing to take over a basketball game, which we we've seen him do before many times, or if it's him um, getting double teamed and him having to, to find the open man to, to hit the hit the big shot, he's more than willing to to do that as well. He is. An incredible teammate, um, and just uh, an incredible basketball player. And I think we, we've seen the entire package of him this year. I think so much last year was, you know, kind of the, the quote bully ball that, that we saw that he would just ground and pound and, and do things that, that, uh, you just had never seen before. But this year, you've seen him just take it to a whole nother level and, uh, sort of the, you know, the built different 
a motto that that he's uh, you know, kind of you know, is attached to him with his court vision, uh, the way that he's defending, getting steals, um, getting out in transition, just. Uh, the complete package is uh, it's been a joy to watch this season, and he's uh, he's gotten better, and I think the team has gotten better as well. Yeah, Eric Conkle mentioned today in the press conference that Amari Archibald on Saturday he kept he kept the team in the game in that first half, six of six from behind the three point line, and uh, Amari's playing at the highest level that he's played during his five year career. I think uh, the other day was his hundred and forty first career game, uh, which is a new Louisiana Tech record. But I thought the main thing that I wanted to point out that Conkle mentioned was he does what this team needs him to do on a nightly basis, whether it's distributing the basketball, whether it's defending uh, the opposing team's best player, or whether it's keeping your team in the game like Saturday with your scoring ability. Uh, Amari Archibald, it just feels like at this stage in his career, he just wants to win. Oh, there's, there's no doubt, and uh, I think once he once he moves on, uh, I think we're going to appreciate him even more so than what we do now. I mean, this guy came in uh, 17 years old, had never played a, a full year of basketball because he was a star quarterback as well. And I mean, heck, he was, uh, you know, Coach Conkle, you know, had mentioned to him that he was going to redshirt because he wasn't going to see many minutes a, as a freshman. And, you know, all of a sudden, Day Day gets hurt and uh, during conference play, and, and Amari. Uh, you know, gets into the uh, to the lineup, and man, that he's been a regular ever since. I want to say he's seventy six straight starts. Um, you mentioned it, one hundred and forty one career games. He's about to hit four thousand career minutes played, which is insane. I mean, he's just a, a steady diet of consistency. Um, and you got to have a guy like that that you know what you're going to get from them. Sure, are his shooting numbers you know up and down a little bit? Yeah, you know he goes for thirty one against UTSA, and then. Comes back and only thing I think he only has about five or six points uh, the next game. But um, his averages, his shooting numbers are the best that they've been um, since he's been at Tech. And even in Conference USA play, he's second in the league in field goal percentage. So uh, that just kind of goes to show you that fifth year of him coming back is he's really taking advantage of it. I've asked Eric Conkle this question. I'm interested to get your take. How much does Xavier and Christian mean to this team beyond the? St- Beyond the box score, yeah, uh, and you know, coaches. Whenever TV, you know, announcers uh, are talking to to Coach Conkle in, in the lead up of a game, um, one of the questions they usually ask is, you know, what's like, who's the guy, or, or what, what's the, what do you want us uh, to share that that people maybe just, um, you know, don't notice or, or anything of that nature, like what. What's what's one of your players that that doesn't really do maybe a whole lot for you when it comes to stats and, and points, rebounds, et cetera? Uh, you know, the first name out of his, his mouth is Xavier Christian, and uh, four-year team captain, um, such a glue guy, uh, knows where to be, what to do, fundamentally sound. You know, it's not his job to go out there and score 15 points. He just he knows his role, and he does his role almost to perfection, um, just because that's the type of uh, of the guy he is. And and you know the story, Ben, uh, about his comeback, and um, it's just uh, it's incredible just to see him out on the court. And, um, I know he's he's loving life, um, and it's uh, it's a joy to be around him, and it's just a joy to be around all the players. 
Looking ahead to this weekend, Rice comes to Thomas Assembly Center, 6.30 p.m. tip-off on Thursday night, North Texas, Saturday afternoon at 3 p.m. For the Louisiana Tech faithful, how important is it for these guys uh, to have another or two more tremendous crowds uh, behind them in each Conference USA game? Well, it's incredibly important. You know, these are two West Division opponents. Uh, Rice is sitting at 4-3, only a team that's beaten UAB this season, and uh, you turn around on Saturday and you're, you're facing North Texas, who enters the weekend um, tied with you uh, atop the West, uh, along with UAB at 6-1. and one. And I think this is probably right now the most challenging of the, the two games um, that you have to play this year in Conference USA just because of how different they are. Um, I'll sort of use a football analogy. It'd be like having to go play Texas Tech in football on a Thursday and then turn around two days later and play Army. Like, that's how different... <laughs> They are, you know, Rice is get a up tempo, shoot a lot of threes, play fast, and then you got to turn around to Saturday and play a North Texas team that just wants to grind you and grind you. They're one of the, the slowest tempo teams in the country. Uh, they will use almost the entire shot clock defensively. They are just as sound as can be, and so two extremely different opponents, but um, they, they they pick up wins in different ways, and so. Um, Hope to see another great crowd on both Thursday at 6.30 in the TAC and then Saturday at 3. Great stuff, Kane. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. John Tabor, I'll be honest with you. I hope we don't get the old option offense on Saturday against North Texas. It hadn't been too kind to us on the grid. The old picket fence. <laughs> Hey, I'll go with your analogy. I'll take the old rock fight over the old option offense. It's going to be Saturday. It's going to be a rock fight of epic proportions when Louisiana Tech and North Texas square off Saturday afternoon. Let's go ahead and take our next time out. We come back. Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver Trent Taylor will join us. You're listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio Sports Talk 97.7. Hey, DQ fans, ring in the new year with a new fave, the Oreo Mocha Fudge Blizzard Treat. It's got chunks of Oreo cookie goodness, fudge pieces, and just the right amount of mocha all blended into DQ's world-famous soft serve. Looks like your morning coffee just got a whole lot tastier. Grab the Oreo Mocha Fudge Blizzard Treat today, only at DQ. Happy tastes good. This is Jason Walker with Louisiana National Bank. No matter if you're buying your starter home or your forever home, Louisiana National Bank can take care of all of your home buying needs. Our rates and closing costs are competitive with not only your home team bank, but also those big online lenders. We have an amazing product portfolio, which means more ways to get you in your dream home, including low and no down payment options for qualified customers and properties. Conveniently apply online at ln.bank. L for Louisiana, N for national.bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. I remember, the I remember the moment. I remember the moment. I'll never forget that moment. As long as I live. As long as I live. A storage tank ruptured, and for miles, chemicals were pushing up against the riverbanks. This was a big, big deal, and it was going to have a serious impact on communities up and down the river. I remember the moment this local guy came up to me and said, they call the guard out for this stuff? You probably thought we were all about hurricanes, tornadoes, fighting Mother Nature. Hey, it's a chemical spill. It's a disaster. It affects the water supply, threatens wildlife. We're talking about the health of entire communities and 
people's livelihoods. You bet we're ready for these kinds of things. We were out there with booms to prevent the spill from expanding. We were responsible for protecting and monitoring the sensitive wetlands. I also remember the moment that same guy came up to me and said, I don't know what we would have done if they hadn't called the guard up. Learn more about how you can protect your friends, families, neighbors, and the environment. Everything that makes up your community. Go to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Louisiana National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters in this station. You gotta love it. Tech sports, that is. That's why there's Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Brought to you by Louisiana National Bank. Call or text the show at 888-993-7762. Welcome back. Bleed Tech Blue Radio, BC. John Tabor, Sports Talk at 97.7. Let's go right back to the hotline. Former Louisiana Tech receiver, current Cincinnati Bengals receiver, Trent Taylor joins us. Trent, I know it's a busy week. Thanks for taking some time to join us. Yeah, no doubt. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let's jump into it. Obviously, you guys, uh, it's been a grind of a year. Uh, you're, you're now into the AFC Championship. But the first 20 weeks of the year, to be a part of this Cincinnati Bengals team, what's it been like for you? Oh, man, it's been great. I've, I've enjoyed every bit of it up to this point. And, you know, obviously winning helps all that a bunch. But, um, but yeah, I remember, the, you know, when I first got here for OTAs um, and just being around the guys on the offense and, like, seeing the type of talent that we had, I, I, I always said, I was like, man, this we might have the most talented uh, receiver group in the NFL. I really believe that. I was, like, before we – saw anything about Jamar Chase and like realized what he was going to end up doing all season and uh, just the other guys like T Higgins and Tyler Boyd you know they're all they're all top level uh, receivers in the NFL and then obviously Joe Burrow at a uh, quarterback um, you know we, we have all the talent in the world and it showed this year and uh, it's got us to this point at the AFC Championship. Joe Burrow, it's uh, obviously wins the national championship at LSU back in 2019, his second year in the NFL. Uh, he's led you guys to the AFC championship. Uh, we know about his talent. We know about the talent around him. You mentioned Jamar Chase. You mentioned T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, uh, obviously Joe Mixon at running back. But off the field, what, what's Joe Burrow like off the field um, when he's just hanging with the guys? Uh, he's just a regular dude, just like any of us. Uh, I mean, just as you see him on the field, he's, you know, a cool, calm, collected dude. Uh, that's how he is off the field as well. He's just super chill. Um, you know, always walking around, you know, in good spirits, uh, smile on his face, nice to everybody. Uh, so yeah, it's been fun getting to know him, be around him. And you were on the practice squad for much of the year. Week 15, you get activated. You're immediately thrust into the punt re- starting punt return uh, role for you guys. Obviously, that was very important for you, not only for your team, but your career as well. Um, how, how have you kind of earned the trust of Zach Taylor and that coaching staff over the last six weeks or so uh, so that they know, you know, special teams game can change in a hurry as we saw this past week? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, special teams is a, is a huge deal uh, that goes unnoticed, you know, like in, in the national media. But, you know, the the guys who really respect everything that goes down in special teams are the guy that's, are the, the guys that's in the locker room and all those coaches. They're, they're, like everyone, like Joe, Joe Burrow knows it, Jamar Chase knows it, 
you know, everybody on the team knows how important um, it is to have a good special teams. And, yeah, uh, beginning of the year when I was on practice squad, our, our punt return team was struggling a bunch. Um, so, you know, I was ready for my number to be called. I, I felt like I should have been out there from the beginning, but that, that's a different story. But, um, yeah, luckily, you know, I just kept working, uh, kept kept doing my job, you know, on practice squad and kept, kept practicing, kept going hard and everything I did. And, uh, you know, when that opportunity came, um, you know, I've handled it pretty well so far up to this point. Um, you know, I, I still feel like I haven't really gotten started, you know, got, got to make too many plays on special teams yet, but I think the biggest deal right now is that I'm just catching the ball and uh, getting the ball to our offense, you know, and letting, letting our offense do their job. Um, that's kind of what we were missing at punt return. Um, so, so yeah, I, I've, I've been able to help a little bit in that way. You look back to Week 17, you guys faced off with Kansas City up in Cincinnati. Uh, big 34-31 win for you guys. I believe that was uh, kind of the game that kind of put you out in front in the AFC North. Uh, what's it like in a game week preparation for a team like Kansas City? Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really know what you do to prepare for that that type of offense. Honestly, I don't know what what you tell your defensive guys in those meetings. Um, because it, I mean, you can only do so much before you know their talent comes out with guys like Tyreek Hill and and Patrick Mahomes. You know, you can only do so much to stop them, but. Uh, you know, as you've seen this year, it's kind of the same way with our offense. Our offense is uh, top-notch, you know, right up there with them, and uh, that's the reason we were able to win that game uh, when we played Kansas City earlier this year. Uh, Joe had a fantastic game. Jamar had a fantastic game, put the team on his back. And, uh, I mean, that's that's how you got to win against Kansas City. It's probably going to be a game up in the 30s or above, so you just got to be ready to roll as an offense. Uh, a lot's been made in the early part of the week about the crowd noise at Arrowhead. How much do you guys talk about that? How much do you pr- prepare for that throughout the week leading up to it? Yeah, games like that, you know, in practice we have the fake crowd noise that we pump into some speakers uh, while the offense is practicing. And then uh, you just work on your silent count throughout the week. And, uh, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, we, we've dealt with noise plenty of times before. And, uh, I mean, as long as you as long as you got good communication with your signals on offense, uh, good communication with the signals between quarterback and center, um, it usually takes care of it. But, um, I mean, there's obviously, like, stuff that happens on the fly that you wish you could yell out uh, to your guys. But in an away game coming up like we got this week, you know that uh, that extra communication is what will be limited. So uh, I mean, you got to be on your p's and q's on offense when it comes to communication. That's what uh, the real difference is. Have you had a chance to speak with your old college teammate Legarius Sneed yet? So when we played him the first time, you know, I got to talk to him a little bit. We traded jerseys, uh, so yeah, I got me a nice Sneed jersey in my in my closet right now. Uh, got to hang that up soon. Uh, but yeah, it was good seeing him again. I mean, last time I saw him, he was a freshman in college. He was a young so, pup. Uh, do what? He was a young pup. He was a young pup. But yeah, I saw him. I was like, dang, he, he he's definitely gotten bigger since freshman year of college, which is normal. But uh, yeah, I just hadn't seen him since then, and uh, you know, he's doing a great job in Kansas City right now. Uh, 
big time uh, guy for them on defense, and so hopefully continued success for him. But not too much this weekend. Absolutely. Good stuff, Trent. Appreciate you taking some time, and uh, good luck this weekend against Kansas City. Hope to see you guys in the Super Bowl here in a couple weeks. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all. Go dogs. Trent Taylor, Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver, joining us on the hotline, of course. Uh, you know, I was thinking about Trent Taylor, his senior year of college against young pup Jarius Sneed. Late in that freshman year for Sneed, he was thrown into the fire. I'm talking starting corner, Minden, Louisiana, 6'1". He was probably 165 pounds. And you look up five, six years later, uh, he's one of the better players on Kansas City's defense. I was watching him last week against Stephon Diggs. Diggs only has three catches for seven yards in that game. Uh, pretty cool to see two former Bulldogs squaring off in the AFC Championship. And obviously want to thank Trent Taylor for taking some time out to join us tonight uh, as they get set for the biggest game of his career. Looking at the year that Snead has had uh, this year, 15 games played. Uh, had, let's see here, I uh, believe he allowed 55 catches for 585 yards, only three touchdowns allowed. Uh, had four quarterback hurries, had one quarterback sack for the Chiefs, and played 94% of the defensive snaps for Steve Spagnola's defense. So, uh, Legereus Sneed certainly uh, off to a tremendous start early in his Chiefs career uh, as they look to get back to his second consecutive Super Bowl. Of course, Chiefs went to the Super Bowl a season ago uh, where they fell to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Looking elsewhere, uh, news uh, in the NFL we mentioned earlier on the NFC side of things, San Francisco 49ers will travel to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. Uh, the 49ers are actually 2-0 and against the Rams this year. That Week 18 win that the 49ers had at Los Angeles actually prevented our home state, New Orleans Saints, from making a playoff appearance, which, of course, big news of today, or big news of the day out of the NFL, Sean Payton uh, has decided to hang it up. I don't know if I would necessarily call it a retirement at this point, uh, but Peyton will no longer be the head coach of the Saints. Taves, i got to ask you this. Sean Payton's under contract through 2024. If he decides to come back in 2023, is he still under contract with the Saints? Yes. So if he was to go elsewhere, uh, there would be some sort there'd of compensation. Compen- yes, there would be compensation. What is Sean Payton worth draft pick-wise? Third-round pick? Fourth round. Pick. I think it's worth. I think it's worth a one. Is he really? Has there I ever been a coach traded for a one? I'd have you. You'd have to look that up. I would imagine if Sean Payton's traded for a one, that would be remarkable. Remarkable. That's probably wishful thinking. Two or three is probably more realistic, but I'd try to get John Gruden was traded from the Raiders. To the Bucks for a 2002 and 2003 first round pick. There you go. Wow. So, so, so the precedent is there. Yeah, you, I couldn't imagine okay, yeah. giving up a first no round pick for now, a coach. Yeah, you you could get a one. Yeah, at least a one and a three. With as much as draft picks are valued these days, I don't know if you'd get two ones. 
Maybe a one and a two the next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One and a three, yeah. Wow. Sean Payton. Fifteen years as the head coach of the New Orleans Saints. Let's go ahead and take our next time out. We come back from the break. Louisiana Tech co-offensive coordinator Jake Brown will join us. You listen to Bleed Tech Blue Radio Sports Talk at 97.7. Oh, courtesy, a great place to buy a car. Welcome to the Courtesy Automotive Family, where you'll find seven of the leading brands, Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram. Two pre-owned lots, local qualified service departments you can rely on. You can shop 24-7 online at buycourtesy.com for all seven brands plus pre-owns. Welcome to the Courtesy Automotive Family, Ruston. Louisiana National Bank is your community bank. Whether you are a small business owner or a parent helping your child open their first savings account, we look forward to working together to help you achieve your dreams. We are committed to delivering on our long-term promise, making each interaction with you more exceptional than any you have ever experienced through the convenient delivery of personal and business banking products. Ready to experience uncommon banking? Visit with our friendly staff at one of our convenient local locations or visit us online at ln.bank. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. This is Chris Brister, owner of Brister Smokehouse Barbecue in Ruston. The past year has been challenging, and I wanted to say thank you to all who have supported us. Without you, we couldn't serve the delicious scatter load, our great ribs, or our newest menu items, smoked wings, jalapeno cream corn, or our smoked cheddar mac and cheese. So from the Brister's family, thank you. Please come see us at 1420 Cooktown Road in Ruston. Get your edge on local and regional sports with The Edge on Sports Talk Radio. Jim Taylor Fort Lincoln brings you the 7 to 8 a.m. hour Monday through Friday. It's local regional sports talk with an edge on Sports Talk Radio. Injured in an accident? Call Creed and Creed in Monroe for local experienced representation. This is KNBB Dubach Rustin Monroe 97.7. Don't have time to keep up with Louisiana Tech sports the way you'd like to? No worries, just listen to Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Call or text the show at 888-993-7762. Welcome back, Bleed Tech Blue Radio, BC, John Tabor, Sports Talk 97.7. Let's go right back to the hotline. Louisiana Tech co-offensive coordinator Jake Brown joins us. Coach, thanks for taking some time to join us tonight. You bet, I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. All right, let, let's go back. Let, let's go back to your day de- or 2021. Sonny Cumbie takes over interim head coach. You guys make it to a bowl game. Cumbie's hired at Louisiana Tech. You're brought on as the co-offensive coordinator. From that point to this point, how hectic has life been for you and your family? <laughs> well, my family's still in Lubbock. Um, it's been pretty crazy. You know, I got to Russ in December, early in December and uh, immediately hit the ground recruiting. And then, you know, after the first signing day, we went back to Lubbock to coach the bowl game. And, you know, after the bowl game, had a little time off, which was nice. And then got back to Ruston, and we've been recruiting the whole month of January. I'm actually driving in Louisiana right now as we speak. So it's been crazy. Been hectic, uh, ready for signing day, and then ready to get the family moved down to Ruston. No, no doubt about it. And you mentioned on the road recruiting. Um, you've been all over the state of Texas when it comes to your coaching career. Uh, moving to Ruston, Louisiana, and developing some relationships around the state of Louisiana with some of these high school coaches. 
What has that process been like for you? And just in general, from your view of things over your career, how long does it take to develop some of these relationships to where you trust one another at these different high schools across the state? That's a good question. You know, I started off as a high school coach in Texas for four years at some pretty good high schools. And I always go back and remember how I felt as a high school coach when these college recruiters would come in. And the ones I always remembered were the ones who were genuine. They spent time in there. You could tell they were never in a rush. Uh, whether you had kids or not, they were going to come in there and spend time and talk ball. So, you know, whenever I – and nothing, there's anything against it. There's some coaches that like to hit 10, 10 schools in a day. I, I don't do that. I try to really spend time in these schools and sit down and, and talk about their kids, but then also talk some ball and get to know them. But it's been great. You know, I've been, I'm down here – uh, in the River Paris area, and then down, I'm in Thibodeau right now, heading um, up to Baton Rouge. But it's it's awesome, you know. That the coaches are great; they've been very welcoming. Uh, you know, I've spent a lot of time in there with them, and, and I look forward to you know continuing to build this relationship with those guys. Back to the high school days, how quickly did you know that Miles Garrett was a dude? <laughs> as soon as I saw him, immediately. <laughs> I knew my job was just to get him to line up correctly and get him to the game. <laughs> did, did you know that Baker Mayfield, obviously he had an interesting path to get to where he is today, walk on at Texas Tech, transfer to Oklahoma up to a number one pick. Did you see that talent in his high school days, or was he a little a bit of a late bloomer? He was very talented um, in high school. He was definitely a Division one quarterback. I think, you know, he got a lot of looks at some mid-major schools. And if you know Baker, his personality, he's going to – he's very competitive and he's going to – if he wants something, he's going to go get it. And the fact that he's in the NFL right now as a first-round pick, yes, it's surprising because, of you know, at the time his ability and skill set, but knowing his personality, that part is not surprising. You know, he did go to – when he got to college, he worked hard and he got a lot stronger um, – from when he was in high school, but he's a great kid, very competitive, and he works really hard. And you mentioned your high school days. You've had other stops at TCU, uh, Stephen F. Austin, West Texas A&M, Baylor, Texas Tech. You and Coach Cumbie cross paths both at TCU and Texas Tech. Uh, what's it been like over the years uh, for you to, ve- to develop your relationship with Coach Cumbie, and what appealed to you to want to follow him to Louisiana Tech? Oh, it's been great. You know, I started off at TCU under Coach Cumbie as a graduate assistant for two years. And, you know, really, I knew him. I've met him a few times before that, just as when I was a high school coach, like I said, and he'd come in and recruit. But, you know, the, the years of, as a graduate assistant with him is why I think we really built a relationship because, you know, it, the way he worked and, and I taught me a lot about, the, you know, his perspective on the game of football and just really the not just so much X's and O's, but the the work that you have to put in to be successful. And and he saw the relationship. You know, I got into coaching because of my high school football coach. The relationship he had on with me, and, and the um, you know, I wanted to give back and do what he did. And so, I, my original plan was to be a dream was to be a head high school coach in Texas. It was never to coach college football. I just am fortunate to be where I'm at now. So, I really do, you know, love coaching because of the kids and. Coach Cumbie is all about the kids, and I think we hit it off pretty early and built a strong relationship because our our reason for coaching was, you know, 
the same. We had the same values, and we cared about the kids. And, you know, we hit it off pretty early, and it just got stronger. Um, the way he works, the way I work, and we, we see a lot of things the same football-wise. And then, you know, when he had this opportunity, I'll be honest, I had an opportunity to stay at Texas Tech. Um, my wife and my daughter are there. My wife's a principal. You know, it would have been great to stay there and not have to move, but Sonny offered me this job, and I went and I, I really, I was like, there's no way my wife's going to load up in a U-Haul and move. But I went to her, and we both believe in Coach Cumbie and what he's going to do and what he's about, and we wanted to be a part of it. Um, and then we also, you know, where I grew up is not far from Louisiana and North Louisiana, and we know the history of Louisiana Tech and the opportunity we have here. So that's really what was intriguing, just the man he is and the trust I have in him and what he's going to do at Louisiana Tech, but also it's all about the players. And you mentioned the relationships with your players. Uh, with your co-offensive coordinator title, you'll also uh, be in charge of coaching the receivers. Uh, I know you guys have been out on the road recruiting a bunch over the last month or so. Um, what's it been like for you transitioning to a new room, a new school, and getting to know these guys over the last month or so? I love it. You know, the problem I got to Louisiana Tech, that first couple of days I met with each one of them individually and, uh, you know, and told them, you know, just introduced myself, who I was, and, you know, relationships. It's like a, the trust isn't going to be developed overnight, and that goes both ways with me, with them, and then with me. And that's what's fun about the job, you know, and it's my job to, you know, earn their trust and, and same with them. Uh, but it takes time. It's, like, it's not going to happen overnight, and, and so I've met with the whole group of receivers a few times and, you know, just getting on the phone with them all the time, checking in on them and showing them that I truly do care. And, it's, you know, I'm here to coach those guys and, and on and off the field. But it's been great. We have a good group of receivers, very talented, and we're also really good kids. You look so at, I'm looking forward to continuing that. You look at Sonny Cumbie, you look at yourself, Scott Parr, Nathan Young, uh, the offensive side of the ball, all four of you guys – have offensive coordinator experience at different, you know, at different stops along the way throughout your careers. How interesting is that dynamic, and what advantages can that give you guys from a game plan standpoint when you really do uh, get into the grind of a season? I think it's great. You know, we all have, like I said, the experience, but also somewhat a little bit of a background. So, uh, you know, the good thing is it's. it's you're not going to have a room full of offensive coaches that are just yes men and agree with everything. Their things are going to be questioned, and, and which is good. Um, you know, we're going to somebody's going to have an idea that I, we may not have ever done before or seen before, and and I think it's you're going to get a lot of different perspectives when it comes to the run game, third down, red zone, game planning, and, and just ideas. So I'm excited about it because it's not like we have an offensive system in play. But that's just your verbiage and the way you do things. But our offense is, is, is changes to fit the, fit our personnel, and so that's the main thing. Is it's going to fit our personnel, and, and then we have the ideas from all of our different coaches on staff, which will help us get creative and not keeping it, you know, getting a lull or anything like that. And you know, you go back to the early two thousands, and obviously Sonny Cumbie, quarterback at Texas Tech, and they threw the ball seventy five times a game. How has college football offensively evolved, I guess, over the last three or four years to where we see more 11 personnel, more tight ends on the field versus all the four and five receiver looks that kind of are associated with Sonny Cumbie's offense? 
I think, you know, honestly, it's because the defensive lines have gotten more athletic. It's uh, it's hard to sit back there in the pocket and go through four and five progression reads nowadays because you don't have time. And I think, you know, the run game at 11 personnel with the tight end back there, you can do so many things. It's dynamic formationally and, you know, schematically. But And it also allows you within the play-action pass, you can take shots downfield and be more protected. Um, that's really, you know, and I, I think the quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and those guys have changed the game a little bit with uh, extending plays and stuff like that. But like my, when I played quarterback in high school my senior year, I followed Graham Harrell, which was a true air raid pocket quarterback, and I was not. I was an athlete back there just figuring it out. But my head coach, which was Coach Harrell, Graham's dad, he told me, he said, Jake, your reads are one, two, three is me, which means that third read is you running the ball. <laughs> and I think that's kind of where the game's evolved is these dual-threat quarterbacks but not giving them too many reads and let them be a ball player like they are. Signing day just eight days away. Uh, once we get this 2022 class in, you mentioned getting things settled down a little bit. H- how excited are you to get out on the grass in mid-March and really uh, see what you got, not only within your receiver room, but obviously as well on the offensive side of the ball? I can't wait. I mean, I was talking to some of the players earlier. I'm just, you know, obviously ready to get back and get coaching football, you know, and be around those guys. Recruiting is fun. But at this point, come end of January, I'm ready to get going in football and, and, you know, seeing what we have offensively, defensively, and also going against our defense um, because they're very schematically very good and also have really good players. No doubt about it. Great stuff this evening, Coach, and uh, we appreciate you joining us on Bleed Tech Blue Radio and looking forward to working with you in the future. Absolutely. Good talk with you guys. Thanks for having me. Jake Brown joining us on Bleed Tech Blue Radio tonight. And I think uh, a lot of people want to talk about Sonny Cumbie, the fun and gun, the, the run and shoot, throw it 75 times a game. That's where college football has really evolved, even in just the last three or four years. It's more 11 personnel. It's more get a tight end on the field. We mentioned John Locke, the tight end out of the San Antonio area, commits in recent days. It's going to be an offense that runs the football. That's what it's going to be. De'Anthony Gatson, four-star running back, commits out of East Texas, or out of Newton, Texas, excuse me, last week. Keon Henry Books is back. Greg Gardner's back. Harlan Dixon's back. You know, Tech's going to run the football. They're going to set up the pass off the run. I think there's there's a lot of question marks about the quarterback position. Matthew Downing, Landry Liddy. Caleb Holstein, who who fits in where, and I think those are the type things that you'll learn throughout the spring, like Coach Brown mentioned. They're going to run an offense that suits their personnel. In this day and age, if you try the proverbial, put the old square peg in the round hole, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work in this era. You look at the schedule that Louisiana Tech has, Missouri, Clemson, South Alabama in the non-conference. It's going to be a tough schedule here in 2022, uh, but it certainly sounds like Coach Cumbie and his staff are prepared to get this team ready to win come September. Let's go ahead take our final time out of the show. We'll put a bow on it when we come back. Listen to Bleed Tech Blue Radio, Sports Talk 97.7. Walpole Tire and Service loves supporting LaTeX football. And if you're going on a road trip to follow the dogs, they want you to get there safely. 
Count on the pros at Walpole Tire to keep your car in the game. From the largest selection of name brand tires in the area to expert ASE certified service, including brakes, tires, and front end repairs. Your home team for over 60 years. Walpole Tire and Service, Ruston and West Monroe. Visit WalpoleTire.com. Hey, Bulldog fans, this is Mark Richardson with BMW Motors in Arcadia. Are you looking for the lowest possible price for a used car or truck? My fellow Bulldog and partner Jeff Robinson has been out scouring area dealerships looking for the best possible deals. When he finds them, we bring them to Bimble Motors in Arcadia and pass on those deals to you. Come check us out in Arcadia, and when you do, you'll be able to say, I know I got the best deal. Go dogs. Bimble Motors in Arcadia. This is Jason Walker with Louisiana National Bank. No matter if you're buying your starter home or your forever home, Louisiana National Bank can take care of all of your home buying needs. Our rates and closing costs are competitive with not only your home team bank, but also those big online lenders. We have an amazing product portfolio, which means more ways to get you in your dream home, including low and no down payment options for qualified customers and properties. Conveniently apply online at ln.bank. L for Louisiana, N for national.bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Head coach Eric Kunkel and the Duncan Dogs are hungry for another shot at the postseason. Well, we've got a storied history here. For a chance to give their all. What we look at is great opportunity. And for an opportunity to rise to new heights. Everybody's trying to elevate their role into something greater this year than what they had a year ago. The Duncan Dogs hit the hardwood all season long. Right here on your home for Bulldogs basketball. The La Tech Sports Network from Learfield. You gotta love it. Tech sports, that is. That's why there's Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by Louisiana National Bank. Call or text the show at 888-993-7762. Final segment of the show as we put a bow on it on this Tuesday night. Mentioned in the open, uh, only two shows left for Bleed Tech Blue in Season 14. We will be on the air Next Wednesday night, or next, excuse me, next Tuesday night, that's signing day eve, February the 1st, and then we will, I believe that's February the 1st, who knows, yes, February the 1st, and then we will close out Bleed Tech Blue Radio on February the 8th. Uh, we'll work to get Sonny Cumbie on February the 8th, uh, also look to get Lane Burroughs on as well. Uh, I believe the Diamond Dogs only 25 days away. From opening up their 2022 season against Wichita State, the Shockers. Taves, do you know who the Shockers are coached by? I do not. Um, let me tell you. I want to make sure I'm right before I just blurt his name out. Ah, oh, excuse me. Must be their uh, pitching coach. Excuse me. Pitching coach. Former right-handed pitcher for the New York Mets, Mike Pelfrey, is the pitching coach. Head coach, Eric Wedge, former Cleveland Indians manager. How about that one? Eric Wedge coming to the shack. 
even says that Eric Wedge has a Twitter on here. Can you imagine Eric Wedge? He seemed a little sour in the dugout in his day. I uh, can't imagine him uh, tweeting the old young pups these days as he tries to get them uh, to come to Wichita. Tech actually traveled to Wichita. This is a return trip. I believe it's supposed to be made last year, but was shut down due to COVID. So uh, we'll preview baseball coming up here in a couple weeks. Uh, like we mentioned, Diamond Dogs will open their season on February the 18th at home against Wichita State. Then there's a big one on February 23rd against LSU. Uh, but imagine the old Love Shack will be sold out uh, on that Wednesday evening. So, uh, had a big show tonight. Uh, Matthew Bartlett, John Fields, previewing both Rice and North Texas on the hardwood. Kane McGuire giving us the Louisiana Tech perspective on the hardwood. Trent Taylor, Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver, joined us ahead of the Bengals AFC Championship matchup with the Kansas City Chiefs. And then finally, Louisiana Tech co-offensive coordinator, Jake Brown joined us while he was on the road recruiting. Uh, Louisiana Tech actually just recently made a 2022 offensive lineman, offensive line offer to Cameron Jackson out of the Baton Rouge area. Uh, listen, eight days from signing day, Cumbie and his staff looking to close this thing out. Uh, mentioned earlier, uh, Louisiana Tech's class ranked 72nd overall. Uh, would be the highest ranked, second highest ranked class for the Bulldogs in the Rivals era. Looking at matchups on the hardwood this weekend for Louisiana Tech, they will host the Rice House Thursday night. That's a 6.30 p.m. tip-off inside the Thomas Assembly Center on ESPN+. Plus. We'll have it uh, on KXKZ 107.5 radio-wise on Saturday afternoon. Duncan Dogs will host North Texas. It's a 3 p.m. tip-off on stadium. That game will also be on KXKZ 107.5. Lady Texters will travel to Rice and North Texas. will also be a big recruiting weekend. Join us, BleedTechBlue.com, uh, just nine ninety five a month. A uh, uh, little hint, there will be a transfer quarterback visiting, so uh, make sure you get on over to the website, BleedTechBlue.com. Uh, finally, Tapes, need your AFC, NFC championship picks. Bengals, Chiefs, who you got? Kansas City. I think that's who I'm going to take. I think Mahomes is just too much. Uh, I'm pulling for Cincy. Pulling for Joey B. All right, you keep him back on your side. But I just I just don't know if they're ready yet. I don't. This might be a year early. I think they'll get there. Uh, who's the owner in Cincinnati? Is that Paul Brown? Didn't he name the stadium after himself? I think of the Brown. Mike Brown, his son. Yeah. The family. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's going to have to quit being a cheapo uh, when uh, old uh, Burroughs' contract comes up. Yeah, it's Mike Brown. Uh, finally, in the NFC, can the 49ers pull off the trifecta and beat the Rams for the third consecutive time this year? Or will the Rams host the Super Bowl in their own stadium just like Tampa Bay did a season ago? How about that one? Uh, is Whitworth going to be active? Let's say he plays. We'll go with the Rams. Tabes, you know I'm not a Stafford guy. I'm picking with the old... 
I'm going with the Niners. Ah, Jimmy G. He's like a cat with nine lives. He never dies. Jimmy G, back to the Super Bowl. Second time in, what, three years, four years, three years? Now, wouldn't that be a story? And, hey, going to trade him in the offseason to New Orleans to Dennis Allen's led Saints for a second-round pick, and there's your quarterback in New Orleans, Taves. Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm thrilled. Uh, you sound thrilled. Let's go ahead and wrap it up in a fun show this evening. want to thank you for listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio. For our producer, John Tabor, I'm BC. We'll see you. for listening to the Louisiana National Bank Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show on Sports Talk 97.7. Brought to you by Courtesy Automotive Group, Walpole Tire, Brister's Smokehouse Barbecue, Dairy Queen, and Bienville Motors. Join us every Tuesday at 6 p.m. with your host Ben Carlisle on the Louisiana National Bank Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show on Sports Talk 97.7. that Antonio Brown brings to your organization. And I'm not talking about he can catch some passes and all of that because all that's predicated on him getting Playing. what he wants. <laughs> right, okay. Right? So when you talk about value as a player, it's everything. It's all the intangibles and everything, not just the pro- productivity. Right. And for him, yeah, he's he's productive. Right? One of the, one of the best receivers in the game. But will you be able to get that Brown, that Antonio Brown? No, because four teams have now tried. Three teams have now tried. Right. It's it. He can't get out of his own way. I don't think he deserves an opportunity to play in the NFL. I know how much of a privilege it was. I know the guys who are doing everything they're supposed to do, not stripping down naked and then running across the field as an actual game was going on. Like, to me, you don't deserve the right to come back and join this brotherhood. You got a lot of stuff to say about what's wrong and all of these things. That's fine. I get it. But any team bringing Antonio Brown into their locker room after the two years that he's had deserve what they get. Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback to ever play, one of the best teammates you can ever have, crossed the board, went out on the limb and requested they get him. They did this for Tom Brady. No one else. Bruce Arians had already said weeks earlier, no shot. 
Right. Had him in Pittsburgh. I'm good. Right. Tom Brady went out for AD, uh, for AB, and brought him in, and look what he did there. Oh, and then he talked trash about Tom Brady. He's not really my friend. He's See, since walked those statements back. Right, and that's the thing. I mean, first of all, it was bad enough what he did with the Raiders, right? Oh, was Bad enough what he did in New England, talking about the owner. But if you had, if you, the fact that he turned, and like you said, he's walked it back now, but the fact that he turned on Tom Brady, Tom, and yeah, I look, Tom Brady, I believe he liked A.B., but yeah, he also wanted to win a Super Bowl, and he, he believed A.B. could help him, yep. and there's nothing wrong with that. In the process, Ephraim, he also got A.B. paid. Oh, yeah. Uh, more than a million dollars, right, over the two years, probably close to $2 million. He got him paid. He gave him a ch- If A.B. had just played. gone along just and played. been fine, yeah, just played just this been year. been a professional. Excuse me, right. it's called being a professional. Go Absolutely. ahead. Absolutely. If he just did that this year, even if he didn't go back to Tampa, he might have had a chance to go elsewhere. Of course. Because so he would have brought value yep. to the franchise. Yep. There's no way I'm bringing him to Baltimore. No I'm sorry. I don't care if no him and Lamar shot. are cool, which maybe they are because, you know, any Hollywood Browns cousin yeah, or something cousin. like that. Yeah, he's a cousin. I don't care. So so I, don't, I don't mess right. with some of my cousins. Nah. Right. <laughs> right? You, I know oh, you yeah, got some right. crazy you cousins. You and me both. You're absolutely on, right. You're absolutely right. So, yeah, I mean, come on. No. Not even. And, and, and look, that goes for every team. I'm sorry. I said it. Antonio Brown has one way to get back in the league, and that might not even work, but it is to go to serious, legitimate therapy mm, and come that. back and and really be sincerely apologetic for the way you've acted and show that you understand why you did it and maybe talk a little bit about what you were going through that led you to act that way, and now you're over it. And he ain't even close to doing that. So No. No, nah, no, nah, you can't bring back. All right. Rob Parker is up next. This should be fun. But first, Ralph Irvin with the update. Ralph. Well, we got a whole lot of basketball going on in the NBA. Just getting started in the second half with Denver playing at Detroit. The Nuggets a 69-62 lead over the Pistons. Already 19 points and 11 rebounds for Nikola Jokic in this game. He also has five assists for that matter. 12 coming from Aaron Aaron Gordon. Uh, 7.49 to play in the third quarter. And New Orleans still leading at Philadelphia, 62-58. Toronto's lead over Charlotte. Cut down to 77-65. 9.42 to play in the third quarter there. But Washington is still pounding the Clippers. 72-46. 9.06 to play in the third quarter. They're at the half in Brooklyn. The Lakers a 62-53 lead over the Nets. LeBron James has 15 points. 16 coming from Malik Monk. Again, that's at the intermission in our Discover Card Key matchup brought to you by Discover. If you're a valued customer, well, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company, and that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations do apply. Boston, a 51-28 lead over Sacramento, 251 to play in the first half of that contest. Sean Payton stepping down as the head coach of the New Orleans Saints. He won one Super Bowl in 2009. He's with him for 16 years. David Ortiz, first ballot Hall of Famer. 
the only member voted in from the baseball writers here in 70% of the votes. As we send it back now, it is the odd couple. Chris Broussard, Ephraim Salam, and probably somewhere around here we'll find Rob Parker. <laughs> yes, we will. Hey, this guy's got some theme music, too. Let's hear his theme music as we introduce him. That's right. He is the co-host of the fantastic show, The Odd Couple. <laughs> and Ephraim Salam filling in for him, doing an awesome job. Wow. He's also.